Welcome to the Plan B CRNA podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Jones, and I'm so excited that you're here. The Plan B CRNA podcast is the only show made specifically for nurse anesthetists who are exploring options outside of their traditional career paths. This is the place to expand your mind and your goals as we uncover new ways to produce side income together. Journey with me as I go down various rabbit holes to explore the best Plan B options for you. This episode is brought to you by On Call Capital. On Call Capital is dedicated to educating CRNAs and other healthcare providers about investing outside of the traditional stock market. On Call Capital also provides opportunities for you, yes, you, to create passive income and generational wealth while also lowering your taxable income through investments in the apartment and alternative investment spaces. If you haven't hit subscribe yet, make sure you do that right now so that you don't miss an episode. Thanks so much for joining me today. And now on with the show. Welcome to the rabbit hole on the Plan B CRNA podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Jones. And throughout my journey in finding a Plan B, I've gone down numerous rabbit holes to figure out which ones work for me. Since I've done some of this research already, I only think it's right to bring that information to fellow healthcare professionals to help aid you in your search. As always, it's important for you, the listener, to do your own research and form your own opinions. Everyone's situation is unique, and a plan B that works for one CRNA doesn't always work for another. Self-awareness is the key in any decision you make, since you must have an accurate grasp of your own strengths, weaknesses, and goals. All right, let's get to it, shall we? Today's rabbit hole of the day is dun-dun-dun, wholesaling. Now, when I first started looking into producing side income, I was like most people. I wanted to start off with minimal cash to start, and I wanted big upside. Yeah, I know. I, I wanted to have my cake and eat it too. So sue me, right? But for a lot of people who want to get into real estate, fix and flips are a common option, right? But to fix and flip, you need to have some kind of deal flow. Where can you find the types of homes that work best for this? You're getting homes on the cheap and, and then trying to flip them. So, well, you can either get plugged into a particular market through relationships with realtors or access to the MLS. You can track the foreclosure market, bidding for homes on the courthouse steps, or you can find some wholesalers who have steady streams of cheaply priced houses. This is how I first heard the term wholesaler, and it immediately intrigued me. I mean, what's so special about them that they constantly have access to cheap deals? Then, of course, you hear about how much money they supposedly make. One wholesaler makes $35,000 on this home, and another makes $20,000 on another home. I started to do the math, and I only had to do a handful of deals a year to make a really decent living. At this point, wholesaling had my attention, and I had to go further down the rabbit hole. But before I do, I want to give you the chance to get out now. If you happen to live in Illinois, Oklahoma, or Virginia, it's actually illegal to wholesale properties there. However, you may not want to leave just yet. If you live in one of those three states, but you're interested in wholesaling in a different state, then yeah, listen on, my friend. So what exactly is a wholesaler? Well, you know those signs in your town that say, we buy houses. That's a wholesaler at work. When you get phone calls or texts from people who want to buy your house for cheap, those are wholesalers at work. Essentially, they are middlemen between buyers and sellers of real estate. Let's say they secure a contract for a home for $50,000 from a homeowner. Then they find a cash buyer or a real estate investor to purchase the home for $60,000. 
At closing, the title company cuts the wholesaler a check for the difference, which is $10,000 in this case, just for being the middleman. Sounds pretty great, right? So how do you get started? Well, you don't need much money. Technically, you can get started for no money at all, but that's probably not the smart way to do it. There are several tools out there that actually will make wholesaling much easier and faster for you to start making money. I'll mention several of those tools during the show today, and they'll also be linked in the show notes as well. All told, you should be able to comfortably start for no more than about $1,000. The basics of what you need to begin are a computer or smartphone with internet connection, a blank purchase and sales agreement, a blank assignment contract, an investor-friendly title or escrow company or lawyer, depending on which one your state uses for closings, and a bank account. That's it. I mean, sure, you probably want a car too, but really, that's it. You don't need to have good credit because you're not technically putting any property into your own name. You don't need a real estate agent. They just add expensive fees after all because you're strictly a middleman. You get a seller to sell to you at a certain price. You mark it up and then you sell your interest in a party to a cash buyer and keep the profit. You don't need a mortgage company either since you're not buying or closing on a property in your own name. You shouldn't have to put down any earnest money either. But if you do, it should only be around a couple of hundred bucks. Now, if you make an offer and include a proof of funds letter showing the seller that you have the funds to close, that will usually satisfy them. You don't have to worry about any earnest money. You can start making money pretty quickly in this business, as little as a week, perhaps, although it's likely wiser to plan for closer to 30 to 60 days before getting your first check or wire transfer. Now, speaking of checks, how much can you realistically expect to make on a wholesale deal? Well, the average profit is around $10,000, although the range really varies here. You can make as little as a couple grand or close to $100,000 on a single deal. The amount that you make depends on how much time you can really put into this business, how motivated and dedicated you are. I mean, are you making 10 calls a day or 100? And if you have any money to put into growing your business. So let's talk about the steps you need to take in order to start wholesaling. Number one, you need to research and choose your market. Typically, people choose wherever they currently live to begin wholesaling, since you may need to take pictures or meet with a seller in person. But you may need to choose somewhere else if you live in a small or rural town. Basically, you need a decent-sized town with a larger population for this venture to make any sense. To figure out if the market you've chosen is a good one for wholesaling, you can utilize Google search here. Type in median home price in your chosen town and check out the Zillow or Trulia results. They'll give you a map of the area, the average home price, the one-year change, one-year forecast, and the market temperature. Now, that market temperature is important, and that's the simplest way to base everything is by using that market temperature of whatever city you're researching. If the market temperature is very hot, then you've probably found a, a good city to start wholesaling in. Hot is fine as well, but anything less than hot, you might want to keep looking for another city. Now, number two, you need to find an investor-friendly title company. Depending on your state, you either need an escrow company or an attorney to handle the paperwork and the closing of your deals. We went over this a bit in the rabbit hole episode on loan signing agents, which will be linked in the show notes as well. You'll want to call these companies or attorneys, tell them you're a wholesaler, and make sure they're familiar with the wholesaling process. 
Remember, you aren't closing deals for yourself, but instead are selling your interest in a property that's under contract. So you just need a good company that understands that process. Number three, contracts and forms. As I mentioned before, you really only need two of these. The first is the purchase and sale agreement, which is the contract you and the seller sign that allows you the option to purchase the property at the agreed upon price. The second is the assignment contract, which gives the cash buyer the right to purchase your interest in that property for the price that's agreed upon in the purchase and sale agreement, as well as the additional profit that you're charging them for the right to that property. Occasionally, you may need to make an addendum to the original contract, or you may need to cancel a contract altogether if you can't find a buyer. There are numerous other forms that are useful when in this business, so I've linked to a ton of them once again in the show notes. Now, number four, you want to build a cash buyer's list. Ideally, you'll build this cash buyer's list before you start putting properties under contract. This just ensures that you already have people to sell to when you get a deal. Sure, you can do it the other way around, but you may have to cancel contracts if you can't find buyers, and that doesn't look good at all. There are a few different ways that you can go about building that buyer's list. You can spend some money to create bandit signs. That's those, you know, we are we buy houses signs and the like. Or you can pull lists for a fee from websites to contact potential cash buyers. You can attend some local real estate or real estate investor meetups. Particularly at uh, real estate investor association meetings, you'll always be around cash buyers and landlords so that you can start building your buyers list. You can also partner with someone who already has a buyers list, such as another wholesaler or real estate agent. Another wholesaler, local or nationwide, will likely charge you 50% of the profit for finding you a buyer. You can visit dealyoulater.com to partner up with the flip man who finds buyers for you for a 50-50 cut. Realtors will vary in what they charge, so make sure you ask them before getting into any kind of a contract situation. Number five, now go get some leads. One of the most common methods you'll hear about in the wholesaling industry is driving for dollars. Basically, you hop in your car and you drive around town looking for homes that look vacant or distressed. You can also network at those real estate meetings that I mentioned, or you can pull lists from PropStream or ListSource and skip trace them, again, for a fee. You can also use those bandit signs, social media advertising, Google or Bing ads, direct mail, or any combination of these, depending on your budget and time constraints. Carrot.com is a marketing agency that specializes in helping wholesalers build their own digital footprint. So give them a look if you're more interested in digital advertising than driving around town putting up signs. You'll need to get used to cold calling in this business, though. You can use online tools like Zillow to target those properties that have been listed for a long time. Uh, chances are the seller's getting pretty antsy if a property's been on the market for 200 days, right? These sellers might look very favorably on a call from a wholesaler because they're looking to get any kind of offer that they can find. You can also find absentee owners through services like ListSource and then track and contact them through a platform like REI Rail. Now, number six, you need to find good deals. And here's where some of the real work comes in. Now it's time to start reaching out to those leads by text or phone. You can then pre-qualify them by asking questions about their situation in the property. Do they have a mortgage? How much is remaining on that mortgage? Do they owe back taxes? Are there any judgments or liens on the property? When you're looking at a potential deal, you want to have pictures or at least perform a walkthrough. 
This must be done, and it must be done thoroughly. Now, if there are concerns about COVID-19, you can normally have the seller take pictures for you and just send them over to you. If you're virtually wholesaling in an area outside of where you live, then you can also just hire someone to take those pictures for you. Craigslist ads work really well here. You can probably get away with spending 50 bucks or so to get those pictures done. Now, what makes a good deal, though? It's the numbers, of course. This is the part you have to be good at, and that takes practice. I'm going to run through a numbers example here, so try not to fall asleep on me, okay? The goal of all of this is you want to find out your maximum allowable offer, or MAO, for a seller, okay? So to do that, you need three numbers, your after repair value, or ARV, your repair cost, and your assignment fee, which is the profit that you intend to make on a deal. You'll need to figure out repair costs based on information from the seller and the pictures that you took. You can use a website like bluehammer.com to help you estimate those repair costs. And a membership there is only about 10 bucks a year, so really pretty cheap. For purposes of this example, let's say that the after repair value is $150,000 for a property. The repairs to get it there are $55,000, and the assignment fee that you want to charge is $10,000. You want to build in a 30% profit for that cash buyer into the equation. So in that case, you would take your ARV and multiply it by 70%. So in this case, you would have $150,000 ARV times 70%, which comes out to $105,000. Now you're going to subtract the $55,000 in repair costs, and you're going to subtract the $10,000 assignment fee. That leaves us with $40,000 of a maximum allowable offer to, to provide to a seller. Now here it gets kind of fun. When you talk to a potential seller, you start off the negotiations at 75% of your maximum offer. You don't want to go to the table and give them your max offer right off the bat, right? So in this case, your MAO is $40,000. So you would go to a seller and you'd actually offer them $30,000 for the property. You'll haggle back and forth a bit and hopefully you settle somewhere around let's say $37,000 in our example. You have them sign the purchase and sale agreement, and then you send that to the title company, escrow company, or attorney so that they can do a title search. This can take a couple of days or up to three weeks. You really want a closing within two weeks or less if you can get it. So don't be afraid to switch escrow companies or attorneys if they're moving too slow for your taste. Now, while that's going on, you go to your cash buyer and you offer the property for the ARV minus the repair costs. So while that's going on, you go to your cash buyer and you offer the property for 70% of ARV minus the repair costs. Now that's 150,000 times 0.7, which comes out to 105,000 minus the $55,000 in repair costs, which is $50,000. So you now have a contract for $37,000 you know, an option to, to buy this property for $37,000, you're going to turn around and sell that contract for $50,000, okay? Now, the cash buyer may accept this offer or they may want to offer less and haggle with you a bit. You have to determine whether or not their offer is acceptable to you. If they lowball you too badly, you may need to try another buyer. But most cash buyers are pretty reasonable, given that you've already built in 30% profits for them. So they'll hopefully settle somewhere close to your asking price. If you have a true list of cash buyers, you can just blast that deal out to all of them and go first come, first serve. 
If you're partnering up with the flip man, fill out that online form and just get that thing moving. There's no time to waste here. Ideally, you'd like to get a cash buyer and have them sign the assignment contract within one to three days after getting a property under contract. Now, getting back to our example numbers, let's say you and the cash buyer settle on $48,000. You now have a purchase and sale contract from the seller to purchase the property for $37,000 and an assignment contract from the cash buyer for $48,000. That leaves you with $11,000 in profit. Not too shabby, right? So number seven, it's time to close and get paid. Once the title company or attorney gets back to you and you have a clear title, which means there's no outstanding judgments or liens, then you can schedule the closing. The cash buyer and the seller are both present unless a mobile notary is being used. Closing should take an hour or less. And now you simply wait for the wire to hit your bank account. Now you wash, rinse, and repeat that for every deal afterwards. Okay. So not, not too bad, right? It's, it's all part of a system, part of a process, and you can really get this system going. Now, before this episode gets too long in the tooth, I want to hit those pros and cons. Okay. So let's start off with a pro. This is a great way to just learn more about the real estate industry. Okay. If you're interested in wholesaling, you're going to quickly be immersed in the real estate industry itself. You can learn how to find deals, build trust with sellers, perform due diligence on a property, run comps on surrounding homes, estimate repair costs and after repair value of homes, build relationships with brokers and realtors, find buyers and build lists of both sellers and buyers alike. And that's just the tip of the iceberg here. So it's pretty cool. Now, here's our first con. Income can be pretty unpredictable. Wholesaling isn't a regular job where you get paid every two weeks. You may have months in between deals with no income. It's kind of like, you know, PRN work in that perspective, you know, in that way. And you must prepare for those stretches of feast and famine. Always save some extra profits for those expected lulls in income that you will likely face. Next is a pro. It takes minimal capital to get started. As mentioned before, you don't have to have good credit or cash to assign a contract to a buyer. You just need guidance, discipline, and sweat equity to start closing deals. Now, minimal isn't the same as none, and wholesaling is no different from other industries where you can find yourself spending a ton of money on fancy software, coaching, and the like. Yes, you'll need to get certain programs and marketing materials to find motivated sellers and cash buyers, but this and even utilizing a mentor can still come at a much cheaper cost than with some other side gigs. Next is the con there's a negative stigma in this industry. Unfortunately, because the barriers to entry in wholesaling are very, very low, that means that there are some bad apples that come into the space. Perhaps they're doing unethical things to make a quick buck, or they're simply doing things illegally because they haven't taken the time to learn the ropes properly. Either way, wholesalers have gotten a bit of a bad rap in the real estate community as a result. This can make building those initial relationships with the key players of your transaction team that much more challenging. Pro, you can earn large amounts in short timeframes. Yes, the check you get from a single transaction can be pretty significant. A $10,000 check is nothing to sneeze at after all. But once you have a system in place, you should be able to make money in a shorter time period because you should be able to get even more properties under contract. This is where having an extensive cash buyers list is useful. A single cash buyer will purchase a home and then take several months to fix up the property and get it sold for profit. 
However, wholesalers only really have to wait between seven to 30 days to close on an individual property. So they can conceivably handle as many properties at one time as they have cash buyers. This can lead to some very large paydays once you get going. Now, next is our next con. This is very labor-intensive work. I mean, flat out, being a wholesaler takes a lot of work. You have to really market yourself, accumulating and building lists of sellers and buyers, and spend a lot of time cold calling. Needless to say, but I'll say it anyway, this is about as far from passive income as you can get. It's a job, and you don't get paid if you don't put in the time and sweat equity. Your income is deal dependent, meaning that it dries up as soon as you stop closing deals. Now, last is the last pro. You don't need a real estate license to do this work. In fact, you don't need any kind of license to start wholesaling distressed properties. Yes, this makes the barrier to entry super low. All you need is a motivated seller, an assignment contract, a buyer looking for an investment property, and a good brokerage to ensure that you can close. Sounds pretty easy to me uh, in that sense, you know, and that's that's why so many people look to get into this space because they're, those barriers to entry are very low and the potential for income is high. And it really depends on the level of work that you're willing to put in. So to sum up this particular plan B, with great income comes great time suck. Yes, there's a ton of potential to produce tremendous income with wholesaling. And while it does get easier over time, this is far from a set it and forget it kind of thing, okay? It takes a lot of time and effort to begin producing results. And then it takes a lot of time and effort to keep on producing those results. Now, if that's what you were looking for, hey, then I wish you all of the success in the world as you take this on. That's gonna do it for this rabbit hole. I know it was a long one, so kudos to those of you who stuck it out with me. When it comes to the wholesale space, there's obviously a lot more to learn than I could possibly cover here. Luckily, there are plenty of free resources out there to help you, though. One of the best I found is the YouTube page for Max Maxwell. He has a ton of videos for learners of all experience levels. And Max also has free downloads on his website, www.therealmaxwell.com. And make sure you check out the show notes. I know I've mentioned it a couple of times here, but I have at least like 10 links in there to help you get going. So just make sure you check those out. And as always, I have to thank you guys for listening to the Plan B CRNA podcast. You know, we passed 11,000 downloads this week, which just blows my mind. If you found value today, you know, make sure you hit subscribe so that you don't miss future episodes. And I also, I love to hear from you guys. The positive feedback I've gotten is just overwhelming at times because everybody, or a lot of people have reached out to me personally and just said how much they enjoy the show and how much they get from from listening so um you know i'm i'm really pleased with what we put out there but that doesn't mean that that what i put out there is perfect so you know if you guys have questions comments future rabbit hole topics that you want me to cover you know just let me know reach out to me um you know rate and review you can leave it in the reviews for the podcast and you know i check those all the time and i want to make sure that i'm covering the topics that you guys want to hear about in future episodes so if you want to know more about me Make sure you find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, anywhere, uh, really, Instagram. You can visit my website at www.oncallinvestments.com. I am all over the place. So please reach out and, uh, and find me. I'm going to go ahead and sign off. I'm kind of rambling at this point, but uh, I just want to thank you guys for listening. Man, this is, it's been a pleasure doing this for the last nine months and uh, looking forward to the new year. So 
Until next time, be safe and take care of each other out there. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Plan B CRNA podcast. If you haven't already subscribed and reviewed the show, I'd be honored if you took the extra time. It really helps to expand our reach and get the word out about the show. If you're a CRNA who is interested in sharing your story on our podcast, I'd love to have you. Please email me at bobby at oncallinvestments.com for more information. This episode was brought to you by OnCall Capital. They are dedicated to helping providers like you develop passive income and generational wealth through investments in the apartment and alternative investment spaces. Feel free to check out their website at www.oncallinvestments.com and subscribe to their free educational email series. You can find OnCall Capital on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also check out our YouTube page, where you'll find all of the show episodes along with other educational videos. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.